Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan T. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Andrew Zelaski. Andrew has been with the team for five years. Andrew was there at the beginning with Arctic Stick. I met him through Cactus Jack Behringer. He developed the brand and the content creation, everything for Arctic Stick, and then into Live to Grind, into Accelerate Media Group. He He's a writer for our magazine. He literally has created the brand you see today and one of the, the big masterminds between everything you do and somebody actually, one of my mentors that I look up to and business partners with me in Young Entrepreneur Convention with Accelerant Media with everything. And, you know, it all started with the idea and, and there's some great wisdom on this show. You're going to learn things more about me, about him, about uh, just some of the things we've done together. We talk about our experiences through our very first crowdfunding campaign we did when it was Samantha, Andrew and I, and we talk about the Des Moines Apprentice, the experience we had. We talk about the, the real grind of things that we did in marketing before we were even making any money. And then now leading up to the campaigns we're doing that are doing multi six figures in a very short period of time, I, I love this show. This I got to say one of my favorite shows I've ever created because I've been wanting to do this for a year with him. If you want to get into content creation, you want to be somebody that is a writer that is doing ghostwriting or a person that just anything in entrepreneurship, Andrew shares some great tips. We have some great stories here. We need to jump right into this show before we go into it. Uh, well, the company that we had helped create together, Accelerant Media Group. If you haven't checked out our website yet, go to accelerantmediagroup.com and you can see everything we got going. Also, you can see the issue of our magazine coming out that Andrew created. And uh, we got many more issues coming, some exciting things to come. And if you're looking to get any kind of uh, marketing or if you want to build your personal brand, uh, through video, through through all the tactics we've used, we help people build their personal brand, get more exposure, and make more money. If you're interested in that, contact us, send us an email, reach out to us, check out our site, AccelerateMediaGroup.com. We can do it for you. We are the best at it, and I'm very passionate and I'm looking for bringing in people. You know, we've, we've helped musicians, we've helped uh, entrepreneurs, we've helped people in many different industries, the real estate industry, to build their brand and to look like the badasses that they are. So contact us, let us know, AccelerateMediaGroup.com. So let's jump right into the show with my friend AZ. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have somebody that I've been wanting to interview for over a year now. And he's like the toughest guy to get a hold of. No, not really. But he, he's somebody that's worked with me from the beginning of Arctic Stick and is somebody that I literally – a mentor of mine, somebody I look up to and was introduced to him through Jack Berenger. You know I've all talked about quite a bit. And he is a guy behind everything. He, he does our magazine. He's a creative side of things. And without him, there's a lot of things I couldn't do. Um, but I want to introduce you to the one and only Andrew Zalaski. What is up, AZ? 
Hey, how's it going? I I am still in the basement. I want to make it clear I have not been let out of the basement. <laughs> I'm still downstairs. I'm just doing the podcast from down here. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm happy to be here. This is long overdue. I'm ready to go. Long over it is, and you're in the base. You're you're the guy behind the scenes, and you don't get enough recognition, Andrew. Like people don't realize, and so for what we do with Accelerant Media Group, and what we did with the Arctic Stick, and even the first campaign, crowdfunding campaign we did for Arctic Stick, it was you, me, and Samantha, and just learning yeah. what crowdfunding was at that time. People don't see that you are the guy behind a lot of things, and people always see the face. But there's a lot of things behind the scenes that need to be done to be able to get to that point. But I'm interested in learning more about where you first got started, your story, even becoming an entrepreneur. So, Andrew, can you share just briefly about your background, where you grew up, and then what what was your first job you did and how you transitioned into becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, I grew up on the West Coast. Uh, I, I live in Iowa now. I've lived here longer than uh, I lived out west. But I grew up in Sacramento. Um, <clears throat> from a very, very young age, uh, I was interested in, in the news. Used to wake up early in the morning as young as, you know, first, second grade and would read the newspaper every morning. Just loved to consume content, see what was going on in the world. Uh, liked to read news. Wasn't a big book reader. Um, w- was just very interested in the news. Watch the news on TV, read the news in the newspaper. Um, as I got older into elementary school, uh, I was really interested in, um, kind of creating my own newspapers. So I, I would just stuff around the house, would draw it out on a sheet of paper, illustrated all that stuff. Um, once I got into high school, I knew, um, that's what I wanted to do. I did some, um, very small projects for the Sacramento Bee, um, in Sacramento when I was in high school. Of course, I wrote for the school newspaper, all of that stuff. Knew that I wanted to go into, um, news writing in college. Um, but I got to April of my senior year, had no idea what I was going to do or where I was going to go. Um, and a little school out here in Iowa started calling me and asking me to come out here. Um, and I decided why not? So what school was summer of, uh, uh, Warburg college in Waverly. Yep. Tiny school, uh, the 1400 students there. When I, when I started there, um, I think I had 2000 students in my high school. I had, you know, 1400 people living on my block, uh, where I grew up. So yeah. a little bit of culture shock going to a tiny school like that. But, and I, I had been, I had flown to New Jersey a couple times. My dad grew up out there, but had never really been east of Reno, Nevada. And so we, we hopped in the car summer 1991, trucked out to Portburg. Parents dropped me off and I never left. You never left. You stayed in Iowa. You Sacramento nope. to Iowa. Yeah, it's awesome out here. It's so easy to live out here. We be, because I'm mobile now and and I I can office from anywhere. I do get to take the kids back <clears throat> every summer, so we spend about three weeks out in Sacramento. A whole family's still there. Yeah, my wife flies out and joins us out there, so uh, I get the best of both worlds, I guess. It, and I tell I tell everybody it's so easy to live in Iowa, but the weather is terrible. <laughs> everybody knows that. You know that. You're in yeah. Florida now. Yeah. Weather's terrible, but if the weather was better, everybody would live here, and it wouldn't be what it is. So we that, tolerate that. It's so true. So. I like for Iowa. I love the 
like the seasons. I love the fall, summer, but January and February, I can't get over. <laughs> it, January and February, yep. And then July is just a beast. Yeah, it's it's hot. So hot. Yep. It's, it's I like it because my ice piss is back home with the weather. It's good, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I love Iowa. I'm there obviously every month. But uh, so for you, after college, what was like the first job you got into? Well, after college, I needed a job. I, I did some intern work at the NBC station in Waterloo, Iowa, um, just lugging a camera around. Did a couple on-camera pieces, nothing that would have gotten me a job anywhere else. Um, applied for a job there, and it was pretty competitive. Didn't get it, um, and I needed a job. So I uh, walked into hy V, which is a huge uh, grocery chain out here in Iowa. I had worked there um, in college, went in there, uh, agreed that I would start working the next Monday. I believe it was a Thursday I went in, agreed I'd start working the next Monday. I needed to make money. Uh, and that Thursday, uh, I saw a post, I believe, in a, in a newspaper for a position that was open in Iowa Falls, uh, Iowa, about hour and a half from Waverly, hour from Waverly, uh, for a sports editor. Um, Decided why not? I gave them a call. They asked me to come in the next day. I showed up in my suit. <laughs> Had never worn a suit before. <laughs> showed up in my suit for the interview. Uh, they took me upstairs to interview me. Uh, the the editor at the time looked across the table at me and asked me if I wanted this job. And <laughs> I said, yeah. And so without uh, so much as even interviewing, they hired me on the spot. Started uh, Actually started that Friday. Uh, that same day, I covered a football game that night and ended up spending three great years there. And that kind of laid the foundation for where I'm at today is those three years of doing that hard work for getting almost no pay. So were you interning or that was your full time? That was your job for three years. That, they hired me full time and and um, they hired me for a, a salary of $15,000 a year. Uh, I had wow. no idea. I had no idea if that was good money or not. I just know I needed a job. Turned out it was a job that I was working, you know, conservatively 60 hours a week. It was uh, Tuesday and Friday nights. I was working till two or three in the morning. The paper came out on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Just turned out that um, during basketball season, they played on Tuesday and, and Friday nights and volleyball. They played Tuesday, Fridays, football, they played Fridays. So we stayed up late so we could get the coverage in the next morning. It, it was a job I took very seriously. It, it, in these smaller papers, sometimes it, it's not taken that seriously. What they can get in, they get in. Yeah. Um, I, I took it seriously. It was my first job. I, I absolutely loved what I was doing. I worked for wonderful people there. Um, and it just, uh, instead of just writing and just accepting that, that I was the sports editor and I was going to write about games, um, I took on the duties of photography took that seriously, learned all I could about photography. Um, I started doing some of my own page layout. When I, when I first started there, and, and some of those who have been in the news business can remember these days, um, we weren't necessarily setting uh, metal type and then running the paper over it, but we were still printing stuff out on uh, printers. Uh, you would run it through wax and then you would lay it out on a big sheet of paper that they would then run through the printing press. Not everything was done on the computer back then. Yeah. But while I was there, we took on 
desktop publishing, so computerized pagination and all that stuff. And I just threw myself into it, uh, watched what the designers were doing, the page layout guys. Eventually, I got to the point where I was laying out pages on my own. I had a little bit of background in that, yeah. um, but this accelerated it. And so, yeah, I just learned everything I could learn. What, what's the biggest value? So most people would be like, I wouldn't go into a job for $15,000 a year, but what's the value you really got out of that? because of what you learned i mean now what the value of that experience that you use today in your own work that's really profited yeah well people people uh, there's too many people out there that think jobs are beneath them that getting paid 15 grand a year is not valuing me for for what i can do i had no experience they were taking a chance on me so i i mean i took it seriously and did everything i could to do everything right you know uh, and that's where the value is. You, you create the value. Uh, you can uh, you can go in there and you can whine about not being paid enough, or you can go in there and do the best job you can to set you up for something else wh yeah. when that opportunity comes down the line. I mean, the you things know? you learned is you got paid, but you also learned things that you you use future down the road to make a lot more money. And you were learning on their dime. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can't complain about the salary they offered me. I, I accepted it, and that's what they could afford to pay. Um, so in Iowa Falls is not a huge town. Um, and it was, I mean, we, we got by, I was not married at the time. So I, I was able to get by and, and they increased my pay as they saw that I was skilled and I could take on more responsibilities. And there, I got to the point where, uh, we were between editors. So there was a period of time where I was the, the editor, you know, for a while. So I mean, it's just I, I have never been afraid of anything and I've never been afraid of going above my head and having to learn on the fly. And that's served me well. That's that's a good lesson. And for anybody, if you're about to get out of college or you're looking to take on a new job, don't always like look at the, the amount of pay and be discouraged because look at the what you can learn. Knowledge is wealth if you direct it in the right direction. If you can make money. I said this to a guy that actually was working for a company, wasn't happy with what he was making. I said, you're almost getting paid to go to school. You're getting paid to learn and take experience in the, off their dime. And in the future, you can use that to make a lot more money in your own company or whatever else. So for me listening for you, that experience you got, Andrew, allowed you to build the foundation for all the things you take on now and to learn. Yep. So where was it after after that job, what did you transition into? Well, and uh, just one side note, if you're happy with what you're getting paid, you're probably not doing enough. Uh, you should always be knocking on the next pay grade. You, you should be doing enough that you deserve to be moving up another pay grade. Once you get complacent, your skills begin to wither and then time just passes you by. And all of a sudden you're sitting there wondering, how did this happen? And why are these younger guys taking my jobs and and stuff like that. If, if you don't feel like you should be getting paid more for what you're doing and you can't legitimately make a case that you're adding more value than you're getting paid for, that's on you. That's so true. That's so, money. That's some great advice. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's on you. You should always try to <clears throat> strive for more. And that means you're growing, taking on more stuff and not being comfortable with the position you're in. Yep. So I'll, I'll go back through the rest of my story. I'm probably taking way too much time on boring details. No, but you're good. <laughs> I, I transitioned from newspaper into PR. So 
Um, I, I, I did marry my wonderful wife while we were in Iowa Falls. Um, we were ready to start a family. And that's when uh, we realized that that wasn't enough money to live on. Um, and I needed to try something else. So um, again, this was pre-internet days. So I was combing the newspaper for opportunities. I uh, saw a wanted ad for Mary Greeley Medical Center in, in Ames, Iowa, which is a short drive from Iowa Falls. Um, applied for that and was fortunate that out of a ton of applicants, I was selected. Um, and part of the reason I was selected was because I didn't just send a cover letter and a resume. I sent them um, proof of what I could do to help move their organization forward. So in, it, it was an entry-level communications position, and I sent the most complete portfolio that I could possibly send. Um, so that got me in the door. Uh, I hit it off with the, the guy who hired me right away, uh, moved into that position, entry-level position, doing a lot of press releases. Uh, the internet was new, so I was working uh, in actual learning HTML stuff so I could update pages and stuff like that. Wasn't, I, I won't say I wasn't scared by it. I was kind of scared by it, but jumped right in and learned it on the fly. Yeah. Um, and I just got fortunate there that I built some really good relationships with people early on, uh, worked really hard, and as people left their positions, I moved into them. So after about three months, the my coworker at a similar level, a little bit higher than me, she had been there for, for seven or eight years, uh, decided to leave. Instead of hiring someone else new, I, I told them, I feel like I can do both these jobs. Why don't you just bump me up? They agreed to it, so they consolidated the positions, moved me up in rank a little bit, probably in title only, a little bit in pay, yeah. um, but it felt good to me. Yeah. Um, so I was in that position for maybe three to six more months, and the director left. I was a 24-year-old kid, had been in PR for six months, and I asked them if I could take that job. They agreed to interview me, um, showed tremendous faith in hiring me into that position, and, and that's a position I was in for about nine years. Oh, wow. So nine, So you, in, in a year's time, you basically moved up the <clears> ladder <throat> By adding more value and taking on more things, and some you may not yeah. have known everything at that time, but you're willing to learn it. Yeah, and and that that's a huge thing. So many people get scared away because they don't know for sure that they can handle something. Um, I have always just I'll, I'm ready to dive in. If if we don't know how to do it right now, we'll figure it out during the process. It's either going to happen or it's not. What, what, what's the biggest takeaway you had working for that company, the big company, before you became a full-time entrepreneur? The, the hospital was awesome. And, and it was like complete boot camp training for being in the freelance world that I'm in right now. Because you, you, everybody sees the hospital and they, they see one organization that that's Hospital X. But in Hospital X, there's there's 30 different companies that are running. You have your radiology department. You have your oncology cancer center under there, home medical equipment. I mean, there there's 30 different businesses that operate under there. They all have their own budgets, and they all want that marketing guy to take care of everything for them. Yeah. So it, it was an awesome challenge uh, to be so young and to have the opportunity to work in an environment like that. Um, it was also huge for me to be in healthcare. 
Um, and, and if there's folks out there who are still deciding what field to go into, you got to look at healthcare because those baby boomers are aging. They're um, aging better than any generation ever has. Um, as they get older, their health care needs are going to increase, and yeah. there is going to be a huge demand uh, for folks in the healthcare industry. So whether it's hands-on patient care, whether it's IT and, and support services, whether it's marketing and communications, I don't know that there's a better industry out there than um, health care. If you're not going to be an entrepreneur, if Maybe. you're not going to blaze your own trail. <laughs> so why did you decide to blaze your own trail? Why did you get out of the – did you just want to learn more or why did you get out of the hospital and to go do your own thing? There, there were a ton of factors and none of them had to do with the job that I was in. Uh, I loved the job that I was in. I loved the organization that I was in. I just felt like uh, I, I had the opportunity to serve um, – more people in a different way. So I, I, I was in one organization. I was pushing their message forward. I loved the stuff that we were doing. We, we launched a, a huge magazine, two huge magazines um, while I was there. Our web presence totally flipped over. And while it was still the, at the leading edge of really good websites, I felt like we did some really cool things online. And I, I just I felt like I could, I could do more for more um, if I was kind of out on my own, uh, at the, at the same time I launched my freelance stuff. I also launched a business, uh, with a coworker at the hospital, um, a business that we still run today in the kind of, uh, corporate health sector. So that weighed into it too. It just was time for me to, to take on another challenge and it is probably the best thing I've ever done. Well, what is it? So when you took that challenge on full bore, entrepreneurship where you no longer had a regular paycheck coming in. What was that experience like for you in, in that? Like what was going through your mind when you first jumped into that? And what did you do to find the business right away? Well, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I had no idea And there. You can read book after book after book after book, and there's no substitute for the actual experience. There's people like, like you who can guide people in kind of helping them, avoid some of the pitfalls, but uh, some of the most valuable experiences you take out of it is screwing things up. And uh, that's just a way of life. You know, you, you, it, and you have to make the decision if you have the stomach to keep going, knowing that something is out there or, you know, I'm risk averse and I can't do this and I, I got to go find a job. So, so you, you yeah. took that. I mean, again, if you know you're going to find it, you're going to find it. You just got to be able to take out the storm. You got to handle that storm and be able to handle the time of not getting the money in and be able to scrap along the way. But then you'll find your gold mine. You'll hit your gold. So for you, what what was that experience like? I mean, you obviously you had a, you're married at the time, and I don't know if you had kids at the time, but like, what was that like trying to find that? Like, what did what were certain things you specifically did to find the business you you needed to get? Well, I, I was fortunate on the freelance side that I had a ton of really good relationships and I left the, the hospital on good terms. So I was able to pick up some freelance work there. The, the real challenge was on the corporate wellness side because we, we were unknown in the market. We were doing a really niche kind of service. Um, so there were challenges there and, and, Quite honestly, that's a business that we weren't profitable for a number of years. Uh, we just had to stick to it, uh, keep going. 
Um, and, and really the ability to stick it out is, is worth its weight in gold. I mean, you have to keep going. The moment you stop is the moment your business and your dream is done. You are the only one to determine when, when it's over. No external factor, nothing it is all on you. Once you stop, it's over. You never stop. It's momentum. Let's talk about, think about a moment where you wanted to give up when you did it, where you just told yourself you got to keep going. Maybe that's when you were down to your last dollar, you were broke, you didn't know what else to do. Tell me experience where you felt like you were in your lowest point as an entrepreneur, what that was like, but what pushed you forward? You know, in the early going, there, there's, there's always times you, you're wondering where that check's going to come from, and you, you don't necessarily know where to chase it because you haven't established a network and you haven't established the connections. You don't have the regular recurring work that's coming in. Um, and, you know, there were times where I was thinking, boy, I got to find a job. I got to find something, you know, to sustain us. But thankfully, my, my wife has worked throughout this. She was incredibly supportive throughout all of this. Um, she she had the belief in me that it was going to happen, which is an important thing. You know, if, if she would have said, you got to pull the plug, we can't do this anymore, I probably would have been a, a whole lot more likely to pull the plug and not stick it out. Um, even though I was confident it was going to yield, you know, what it has, I was going to end up being successful in numerous businesses and all that. Um, I I can't think of one moment where I just thought this is it. I I don't think I can do it. Um, like I said, I just have that kind of attitude or, or that approach to my work and life that if, if I don't have the answer right now, the only way I'm going to find it is to continue to work to figure out how I can make a better widget. Or yeah. That's one thing we related. So we both read the book, Thinking You're Rich, obviously. Um, and the one thing yeah. I know you said you get out of it is just keep going. And- yeah, and, and you know, I don't mean to interrupt you, no. but I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do remember um, I was probably two or three years in. Um, I had a couple really traumatic life events. Uh, we lost my sisters or my wife's younger sister died at a very young age, very traumatic, a long battle with cancer. Uh, emotionally that was, uh, it was horrible on all of us. Um, two days after she passed, I I got a call from, uh, California in the middle of the night, uh, that my dad, they, they didn't think he was going to, survive what turned out to be a condition you don't survive. He had a, an aneurysm rupture. Somehow he survived. Um, and during all of this, uh, business was not great. You know, it was the middle of the recession, all that stuff was going on too. And, um, and we'll get into Cactus Jack a little bit more, how you and I got together, but he had, he had given me Think and Grow Rich um, just prior to all this going down, he'd given me a copy of the book that, that he had and told me to read it. And I thought, okay, I'll read this. But I, I do remember coming back from seeing my dad in California and I was sitting in the airport in Las Vegas, had a long layover on the way back. 
didn't know what I would do, cracked that book open and started reading it. And that really changed things for me. I realized I got to quit feeling sorry for myself. I got to quit. Um, uh, I have to take control of how I'm feeling and what I'm doing even more than I already am. I, I can make it in this business if I decide I can make it in this business. I just have to keep working until the work is done uh, and then start all over again. So, I mean, I, I guess you could say sitting in that McCarran airport. I don't know if you've ever been to that airport. I don't think so. No, it, it, and hopefully they're not a sponsor of the show, but it's the crappiest airport in the world <laughs> because, because the people who are coming there and are excited are leaving the airport. You don't see them. All you see is these people who have been up 60 hours straight, just <laughs> long over as can be having to get on a plane and go back to some non-exotic location. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I paint kind of a depressing picture, but that, that really changed things for me. Yeah. So it made you realize just keep going and and don't yep. quit. And that's the biggest thing for anyone. And I like people don't realize and I, I won't share all the stories. There have been over the past five years where everything we're doing, working on at the beginning with the Arctic Stick, then going into to with everything Live to Grind, Accelerate Media Group, there were a lot of things where I I just didn't know if I could move forward. I didn't know how I was gonna survive. And it was you saying just keep going. Like you just got to get through this. And that was what pushed me to move forward. And, and that's, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, we talk stories all day where we went through some interesting situations yeah. and <laughs> like just crazy stories, but we believed in the vision. We kept moving forward. And clearly after years, we saw the results and the opportunities that we have today. And so for you, first off, where did you meet Cactus Jack Berenger? Because that's where we first were connected. Yeah. So this is this is a crazy story, and um, I, I'm not going to go into all of the back kind of stuff, the six degrees of separation and all this stuff. Um, but I, I have um, a good friend who owns a quick copy shop here in town, um, and he his team did some design work for Jack on a few different projects. Mm -hmm. um, and there was one that they were just kind of struggling with a concept on. And so uh, they called me in on it. Um, it. It was during a period of time where I had time to work on spec projects and stuff yeah. like that. And so I just, you know, sounded fun to me. Uh, so I did some work on it, spent a few hours, you know, sketching out some concepts and sent it back to... Um, the the copy shop and they sent it on to Jack and Jack loved it and so he wanted to be put in touch with me directly um, so we got in touch on that project he just happened to have a few others in the pipeline um, and and I you know told him I just want to I want to work with you I want to do interesting work um, I was willing to do work for his clients for under market I wasn't having to do any recruiting of clients and stuff like that was really interesting stuff that he works on. He's a product guru. So he takes, you know, stuff and I'm sure you've talked about him on the show before, but yeah. Jack, uh, was on shark tank. He has a long history. QVC sold millions of dollars of product. He just has a long history of working, uh, in the product space. And so he was bringing in interesting projects. I was getting to do interesting work. And then eventually came the idea for this young kid from Iowa state that <laughs> had this project that he needed some help on. And, um, 
Yeah, like they say, the rest is history. So what? What? Uh, I never asked you this. What was going through your mind, your first impression of me when you walked into Jack? For you listening, Jack would bring people to his house, and as you walk into his door, his massive house to the right. He has a room where he has where he was in Time Magazine. He has like all his glory things, and he has literally just this room that's a great brainstorming room. Well, mm-hmm. I remember walking. There was him sitting in a chair, and there was me. And then you walked in the room. What was your first impression and thought when you saw this kid that wanted to do this thing called the Arctic Stick? You know, I was I was surprised that um, he was taking on a college kid. Um, but he, uh, the the projects that he had brought me in on to that point were s- so much fun for me to do, and so interesting um, that I, I was up for anything. And I I think at that point initially, we were just looking at doing a logo, um, a sell sheet, and yep. then a poster for a presentation you had coming up. So, I mean, I I didn't anticipate it was going to turn into what it did, but that that's the. Um, the benefits of going into something blind and saying, yeah, I'll do it. And that's the thing. You went into it blind. And at the time I was like 21 and I had this idea and what you were creating, by the way, was a, uh, something for me to put together on a poster board that I was going to glue on where I went to yep. go raise 10 grand from family and friends. Which And I said, what? <laughs> probably that you're crazy what do you want <laughs> i said no we can't do that yeah that's a real poster yeah and so we i uh anyways you put that together and well who would have thought that was going to lead into arctic stick developing that and literally going so long without making any money to going into crowdfunding which mm-hmm. when we did that ride, I never forget that experience when you're in the back end doing social media posting and Samantha right. and I were like creating the stuff in the, in the, the trenches and just that whole experience. And then which initially brought into crowdfunding, which crowdfunding led to, well, the awesome opportunities with John Lee Dumas and then also yep. with Kevin Harrington and, and even with us, us being co-founders for Young Entrepreneur yep. Convention and the TV yep. show. And now even for Thinking Rich Legacy, which, by the way, we're both a big part of that. I mean, you're doing the posting and social media and even some of the behind the scenes stuff. Who would have thought that an idea, Arctic Stick, would have led to these huge opportunities? And now we're business partners doing some really big things. Yep. Uh, It's just a testament to the fact that you got to take the chances. You know, you have to, you know. That's the, that's the biggest thing of being an entrepreneur. You, you have to be ready when the opportunity is there, even if it doesn't look like an opportunity. Because I can tell you when uh, we were running that Arctic Stick campaign, I was sitting at a Starbucks on Pocket Road in South Sacramento, California, pounding out social media posts thinking, what in the hell are we doing? <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, that's grown. And and you know what? We were, that was, you know, four or five years ago. Social media was still kind of in its infancy. You know, it, it, not a lot of companies were using it a lot. And we were, we we we, just, we reached, crazy. I don't know if you remember, I'm pretty sure for the Arctic Stick campaign, we spent like $800 on Facebook ads in that month. And I think we reached close to a million people. Yeah, it, it that was it was that was crazy. That that's one of the wildest rides I've been on. We we were nonstop for 
days. I mean, we were just pounding social media. You were doing reach outs, personal stuff. You, you were doing appearances, parades. I remember yeah. doing. I remember doing the the selfie with Lance Armstrong, and I sent to you. And within that- like with an hour, you had an update out. And like yeah. just a crazy ride, but that was a pure marketing grind that we learned things most people aren't yeah. willing to learn. Like I was out, Samantha and I were handing out koozies. We, we were doing some crazy stuff. Yep. And that was the beginning of the crowdfunding, raising money. Yep. And, and I've been telling you since we started working together, you know, you, you get discouraged and I shouldn't have spent money on this. And I shouldn't have done that. Man, there's there's kids out there spending $50,000 a year to get a master's degree and they're not getting near the education that you've gotten just by throwing yourself in there. That, so I'm I'm saying too that $100,000 invested in Arctic Stick, that was a nobody could take that degree was yeah. no no college can give that experience and what we learned in that. And even another experience I want to share is a marketing we learned with the the Des Moines Apprentice Remember that? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was crazy too. Every every story I have that starts with that was a really busy time. Brandon is involved in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> we, so for I talked about this on a show before the Des Moines Apprentice. Tana Gert's been on the show, and she did her own apprentice competition in Des Moines. Well, a lot of the things I was working on, I always had a team, and Andrew was there to help me. Well, win the competition for on the back end for we were doing what newsprint ads in random like cities. We were doing Facebook promotion. Yeah, yeah, we were doing classified ads. <laughs> classified ads. We even did the uh, uh, for the app we were promoting. The it went to the dogs. You did a video with his dog, your dog, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. So, so these are things that we did along the ride, and we did not. We did not really make any money at that time, but we were getting, we both knew the vision. We both knew what yeah. was going to happen. We learned so much. And, and yeah. through that process, it led, and we, we could take that track record just like you did at your first job working for that in Iowa Falls. You took that experience yeah. where you didn't make as much money, but it allowed us to take on projects where we're working with people such as uh, the Thinking Gorits group, like being able to yeah. work with the top influencers and then, doing campaigns that where we raise hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's because we did the Des Moines Apprentice things. We did the, the crazy Arctic stick campaign. We did the things that didn't make us any money that allowed us to make the money. So I think the big point you can share your wisdom here because you have much of it is in life. Sometimes you have to take on things in the present moment. You may not understand it and it may be kind of hard because you aren't not making a dime and you're actually pumping in a lot of money to something. But if you see that that's building the foundation to the road to getting to where you want to go, it will allow you to make tenfold of what you could have made in that first yeah. experience. Yep, and and when you start, you're not going to make tenfold. People can tell you you are. It just doesn't happen. Um, e- even you know a lot of people you see out there showing off in front of their fancy cars and mansions and stuff, a lot of that stuff is a tell that they – they're not there yet. You know, I, I would I would imagine a lot of those houses are rented and a lot of those cars are leased. And um, we, we've always, you know, as we've built the Live to Grind brand and as we're launching Accelerant and all that, we have always been who we are. I mean, I'm here in a T-shirt doing the interview today. You're in a T-shirt. 
We're, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need it. I don't need an Armani suit to help somebody get their message out more effectively. I, I don't need to drive uh, the latest Range Rover to be able to help you make sure your social media is connecting with the right audience, you know? And that's the whole point. Like even with the live to grind brand, we live to grind and we don't need the fancy stuff. And even in the early days when I slept in my truck all the time, I, I didn't need to spend money on a hotel. I didn't need, and I, I will never forget. I, I remember one time I was in LA and I did, I did that trip where I slept in my truck and I bootstrapped and I was at this event and it was this girl said to me, like, you're an entrepreneur. Shouldn't you like have a bunch of money? Why aren't you staying in a big fancy hotel? I'm thinking to myself, a real entrepreneur thinks about how they can leverage that money to invest in their brand and their their own company to make more money instead of being flashy. And again, there's some people out there like you look at like a Ty Lopez. He is flashy, but he is making a lot of money. I know that. Um, But there are a lot of people, I even know some people that they, they rent the house. They... I don't know if they have a friend like bring some cash in to, to throw around the table where there's hundreds on the outside and one dollar bills on the inside and where they do all that stuff. But that's not who I am. I, I don't that's not us. We don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. We wanna and as we grow and, and build our companies even more, or continue to be true to who we are and invest more of that stuff into what our our, our people that work with us in our brand and building the influence. I would say if you're chasing the check, you're never going to find it. If you are chasing work that interests you, compels you, work that you want to do a really good job on, the check will be there at the end. But if if you're just chasing money around, it eventually is going to run out because you have nothing to offer. You're just looking for somebody to give you money. So I, I have always chased the work. Um, I, I absolutely love what I do in everything that I do. And I, uh, I, I think that comes through in my work. Um, it, does. it definitely has, it definitely has led to some really good relationships with some really good people that I get to do steady work for, um, have for years. So, and, and, yeah. and just, just so you guys know the, just, uh, what he's actually created. So he's, Andrew's created the whole Arctic stick brand, the logo, um, the concepts, the the marketing plan. He's created the Live to Grind, the Excel Media Group. Literally, all our names, our consecration, what you see on social media, the things that help brand me. He's built my brand personally from the ground up, and and we've worked to, I mean, create marketing messages for all our clients. He's done all that, and it's for me. I just I stuck with what I knew. Andrew was a guy behind the scenes that created all this messaging, and even does our magazine. Which, if you haven't checked it out, Accelerant Magazine, which is we just put our first issue out. You can find it. Just go to accelerant.tv/magazine, and you can see the first issue with Caleb Maddox and Kevin Harrington, and Greg and I with the cameras in our hands. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, but he's he's done all that. So I have two questions. The first one is. What has been the biggest takeaway you've had since we met from the things we've worked on in this whole five-year experience in our endeavors? The, this stuff can be fun. I mean, if you're passionate about it, it, it turns out to be really fun. And there's times where I, I'm sitting at my desk at midnight or one in the morning and I'm wanting to bang my head against the wall. But we get through what we're working on and – wake up in the morning and it feels really good to see 
the product of, you know, what we've created. There, there's just so much freedom in what we do. Um, ideas are embraced. We have a wonderful team. Uh, it's just, yeah. What, uh, what, I don't what, know that that's a great takeaway. But. No, no. I, and I'm going to, I'm going to first ask you this question. And I'm going to tell you my, what I've learned from you. What is the biggest thing? Because you know me better than anyone besides like Samantha, but like what, what, uh, what have you learned from me or, or seen from me over the last five years? Because we've grown together just from my, just, seeing me as an entrepreneur. Just the dogged determination and the willingness to go out and do something that's outside your comfort zone. Um, so many people just want to be comfortable. And if you just want to be comfortable, this is not the line of work because there's so many instances where you have to step outside, whether that's, you know, kind of the stuff I've talked about, not knowing exactly how to do something, but knowing that it needs to be done, whether it's, um, taking another step up on another rung of the ladder and introducing yourself to somebody a little bit higher in stature than you and pulling yourself up to their level instead of always just looking up to them. Yeah. And that that's something that you're, you're incredible at. Um, just stepping out there and doing it. I think the one thing that we both have the same vision is like you said earlier, doing things you may not know how to do it, but you'll figure it out. That's what we've always said, yeah. and I've always done that. What I've, I've learned from you is, for one, you're really good at your messaging and, and getting things done and how you word things. And even your wisdom and philosophy, it makes me think of some of the calls we had with one of the people that we almost worked with. But just how you, you word things and your wisdom. You have a lot of wisdom. And, and I didn't really think of this until the past like six months where I look back. You've been almost – you've become a big mentor to me. You have some years on me, your wisdom, um, but you've become a mentor to me and push me and true mastermind between us to to push what we're yes. doing. And I go to you for insight because there's a lot of things I, I just don't know yet. I don't I know what I know and I, I, I what I don't know I don't know. And and so what I've learned from you is you've become a mentor but wisdom, but also that person to throw ideas off of. We've the brainstorming where you really you have very good ideas and I see where we work well together is the fact that you come up with a lot of great ideas and I'm the one that I'll run with it. And, yep, and that's, exactly. And that's supplementary for any business. You got to have people that can support one thing. And for any business you have, you do what you know, you don't know how other people do. And a true mastermind is that when you bring people in with unique things to bring to the table, they can supplement each other. And that's where you supplement areas that I don't, I do, and vice versa. And, and with our team as we grow, we all fill in the gaps. So, yep. It's been cool to see that. Uh, what what would be your advice, Andrew, to to anybody looking? Let's say they want to get into your line of work uh, for just doing like co content creation, copywriting, or even like writing anything like that. Uh, you have to be willing to work, um, <laughs> and the and a lot of. Um, uh, there's a lot of people who kind of freelance like I do that won't take on any spec work because they feel like they're not being valued. You kind of have to flip that around, take on some of that spec work, take some of those chances so you can show value. Um, if you're looking at a client as a single check, you're not looking at them in the right way. You got to be looking at the lifetime value of a client. And that may mean you do some free stuff up front and then convert that down the road. 
Um, I, I think spec work is, is big. Um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I, I would also say to be successful as an entrepreneur, no matter what line of work you're in or what you're doing is you have to get away from the customary work environment on a regular basis. If you just sit at your computer from sunup until sundown, pounding at keys, trying to figure out some holy grail type of solution to your problem <laughs> or your challenge, I shouldn't call it a problem, to your yeah. challenge, you're not going to find it. So <clears throat> you have to get I know you go to the gym all the time. I run almost every day. Uh, when my kids have games or events, I make time to be able to go to them. And especially for somebody like me in the creative process, there's so much out in the world that you can I, I can pull from being out in nature or going to an Iowa State uh, football or basketball game, just the environment and the marketing that's going on there and different ideas, the stuff that's happening. Um, if you're just sitting at your desk, you're you're missing out. That, that's so good because Samantha just came back from Puerto Rico and just from anytime it goes somewhere, my mind goes to that. I think about the marketing people did uh, for different situations, even when we're going to a restaurant or we're going and, and maybe we're doing some kind of cool thing we pay for if it was a zip line or whatever else. And two, when I go to different events, I'm like you. I think about just that experience, like all the people in there, oh, man, they're making a lot of money or how they do the ads or yeah, but it's good. You need to have your own life too, dude. If you're in creative services, if you're if you're a content creator, any, anything like that, look at the restaurants that you go to differently because you go to them for a reason, and it might be because their food is good, but they had to get you in the door somehow. So either they're really good at getting word of mouth out there, or they're really good at marketing because food from one place to another is not that much different. What, so what yeah. what what is the though? That's good. What is the what is the key decider of why people buy things? I, that they just have to feel good about it. it the, somehow the message and the actual product itself. Number one, the brand promise has to be good. So it has to be. I, f I have to feel like I'm getting something out of this. And then number two is you have to be able to deliver on the brand promise. So, it, you know, if uh, if you're Walmart and your your brand promise is that stuff is less expensive here, then stuff damn well better be less expensive there. And it is. And that's why they're so huge. If your target, the brand experience is we're a little bit higher class than Walmart. Yeah. And when you step into a target, <clears throat> it typically is. So got to have a strong brand promise and you have to be able to deliver on it and if you can do that you can get that experience that testimonials that that word of mouth you can grow yeah we and seen, just keep talking keep, 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 <laughs> keep I'm telling good at that. story <laughs> just keep keep telling your story oh uh, no. uh, this i'm a content creator though so I'm the guy that puts. I, I want people to tell the story. Yeah, you, you, I keep putting the word out. Like you, you create the content. And I'll go show show the world about it, and uh, we work well together. This has been fun show, Andrew. I, I've been. This yep. should have happened a long time ago. Uh, any last things, advice you give to anybody in entrepreneurship um, for them that they need to just have success, or any tips that you want to share, some wisdom you want to share with the audience. I mean, I'll tell them what I tell you all the time. Just keep going. <laughs> Once you stop, it's over. Everything you have to look at as this is just the beginning. So keep 
going. Keep, keep going. That I think about that all the time. And, yep. and when I in the tough times, I'm in the back of my head. The voice of Andrew saying, "Keep going." It's like I'm running that marathon. I see Andrew in the distance. <laughs> keep, keep going. going. <laughs> where, where can people find you, Andrew? Um, I'm, uh, and this is a good one here. I do a ton of, uh, social media content, ton of social media work. And that's why I have very little social media presence as my business because I'm doing a ton for other people. Um, <clears throat> my, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram is all Hazel creative, H A Z E L creative. Um, you can find me out there. There's as much personal stuff out on those pages as there is business stuff. Um, that's probably the best spots. Yeah. And just so you guys know, when we first started the podcast show in February 7th, 2015, Andrew was, uh, we were, Andrew's, I would say the executive producer, you're the one that put the notes and you, you put the content together and you did the things that I wasn't very good at. Um, but like you were at the beginning of this and you're always behind the scenes of the show. So for all of you listeners, this show happened because of us two putting it together and now Laura Peterson took over to doing the producing and everything. Yep. And it's cool to see where it's grown over two years now and how our audience has massively grown and from nothing. I mean, literally for me going around, I remember a couple times where I gave you the show like literally four hours before it was supposed to air or two hours. And I'm interviewing people and I'm sleeping in the truck in the night and, and there I, I send to you and you upload <laughs> last minute. Like yep. it, it, we did a lot of things to make this show. So Everybody listening, thank Andrew too, because Andrew is somebody that helped create the show from what it is today. And uh, now you can see the or hear and and see if you watch us on YouTube um, the 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 person behind this that helped make it happen. So it's been a fun journey, Andrew. Um, it's just the beginning, though, right? Yeah, it's been. It, That's right. It's just the beginning. If folks have questions for me, if they want to run an idea by me, any of that stuff, message me on Facebook, direct message on Twitter, any of that stuff. I'll get back to you. Amen to that. Well, thank you, Andrew, so much. And as I always end the show, which you've heard hundreds of times back and back and again, is everyone go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show with Andrew Zalaski. Dude, it just, it was fun. We, we could talk forever on different things that we've experienced together and everything we got going on. I highly suggest checking out everything he is doing and be sure to check out the notes at livetogrind.com for this show and check out just all the other details there. If you want to see the video of this, check it out on our website, livetogrind.com and you can see that I'm doing all video with everything anymore so you can see the video side of things, put a face to something, but also if you're listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, you can just listen to it. I hope you're enjoying the show. Our audience is growing passively uh, quickly. You know, the snowball effect is really coming into existence now with our show and uh, thank you all for following, listening. We appreciate you. This is for you. We started from nothing and we've grown to something massive from all your support. If you ever want to reach out to me, snap me, btadams18, or send me an email, brandon at brandontadams.com. That's all I got for today's show. Until next time, you all know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brandon T. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.